welcome to Resilience Found, a podcast of stories shared in hopes to inspire, encourage, and most importantly, let others know they are not alone. Everyone has a story to tell. Do you want to tell yours? Today, I'm talking with Dawn in Chicago about her journey through dealing with a chronic illness and how she overcame this with health and wellness and it even led into starting her own business. So Don, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Andrea. I'm so excited to hear about, you know, especially that you overcame something that you were struggling with and that it led into you starting up your own business. Let's see, let's go to, you know, when did you first notice that, you know, how long ago did you start notice you were having an issue and what were you feeling like? And can you kind of set the set the, the picture for us of what was going on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my story kind of starts actually back in childhood. I didn't realize it at the time, but I've now kind of understand that I've had a lot of these challenges like since I was really young. You know, so kind of going back and exploring my childhood, I was definitely a very anxious kid, you know, had kind of a lot of emotional struggles that I didn't and wasn't able to identify at the time. Um, but I was definitely like sick a lot and had stomach aches frequently and like recurring infections. So I think it started even even back then. But really when it started manifesting pretty severely was in my 20s when I had a bunch of just random mystery illnesses that I couldn't necessarily correlate or figure out and didn't really make sense. You know, but I definitely led like a pretty high stress lifestyle. Like I was on the road a lot, traveled a lot. I definitely burned the candle at both ends. Um, I had a pretty poor outlook on health at that point in time in my life. You know, I kind of thought I was healthy, but it was like the fitness magazine type of healthy, right? Where it's like, eat what you want and just work out 10 times as hard to try to burn it off. You know, it was like that fake healthy, like exterior might look healthy, but on the inside, I was kind of a mess. You know, at that time in my life, I had like skin problems. Like I would have like hives and rashes and like had horrible acne, you know, my anxiety and depression got a little bit worse. I had these like infections, like one year I had six sinus infections in a row. Like it was just kind of stuff that didn't make sense. And then, you know, as I moved into my 30s, I really kind of hit a breaking point. So that was at the time that my body started to just completely shut down. A lot of us in, in the chronic illness world have some sort of specific space and time where like everything fell apart. And mine was... um my husband and I decided to do kind of a little weekend trip to New York City. It was our first time visiting. And we're both, for background, we're both huge food people. So we love to cook and we both bake and entertain. And food was like our lifeblood was really what brought us together. So we're like, let's take a foodie trip to New York. And we went and it was in October. And I'd been having a lot of health challenges up until that time. But I was just determined to have like the best vacation. So our weather was kind of terrible, but we literally like ate our way through the city and had a wonderful time. But in doing so, I, my stomach was at such a point where like I couldn't function without a lot of medication. So I remember I ate an entire box of Pepto-Bismol value-sized chewable tablets just in one weekend just to keep myself going. And halfway through our trip, I woke up one morning and my whole body was full of hives, like head to toe. And they were like angry and itchy. And it was just like so scary to me. You know, it was that point we got home from that trip and I was like, something is not right. <laughs> you know, like something's got to give. I've got to, I've got to do something about this. So I started then to kind of look more into 
you know, natural health or kind of at least get an idea of like what was going on. And that, you know, I kind of experimented on and off with different like lifestyles. Like I was eating like a paleo template then. And, you know, I focused more on like the physical attributes then, but I really kind of ignored everything else. Like the, the emotional aspect, I still led a very stressful lifestyle. And then a couple of years later in December of 27 is 2017 is when I had like a major health crash. So I had this rare form of Hashimoto's, which is a thyroid autoimmune disease. Um, but my experience was unique in that my thyroid swelled up to five times its normal size and almost exploded. I ended up in the hospital doing wow. like rounds and rounds of tests. I had liver damage. Like it was this crazy thing. And that was really like kind of my catalyst, like my breaking point. You know, I just remember feeling like so incredibly frightened and overwhelmed and thinking like, how could I have gotten to this point? You know, what did I do to deserve this? A lot of kind of like self-blame, I feel like at that point. And I really didn't know at first, like where to turn for answers. I kind of went through like a period of like loss and grief almost because it was like my whole life had changed to a point where like the hopes and dreams that I had imagined, you know, weren't coming to fruition. I was not going to be having the life I wanted because now I was stuck with this weird, rare chronic illness. Um, and I remember just think, feeling like very hopeless at that point. So it was a, an interesting experience to say the least. Um, but that was definitely like my catalyst that helped me force myself to change because I know that I wouldn't have if something that severe wouldn't have happened. So when you say like your thyroid almost exploded, like mm. how does that, did they say like, how does that happen? Yeah, you know, apparently this this particular situation happens to like 5% of patients that have Hashimoto's. So Hashimoto's is a pretty common, um, that's the autoimmune version, like I mentioned, of thyroid disease. And it's something like 90 plus percent of people that have thyroid disease is usually a Hashimoto's case. Um, but mine was like this weird thing where it would switch back and forth between hyper overactive and then hypo underactive thyroid. So in any given week, I would like one day have symptoms of an underactive thyroid where it was, you know, like I was cold and lethargic and had such back fatigue, it was hard for me to get out of bed to a day or two later, I would be like losing five pounds in a day, like constantly sweating and hot and like couldn't get enough food. So it was this really like unpredictable roller coaster. As far as like how and why, I don't think they really know. You know, autoimmune disease is a, a tricky thing where you don't necessarily know like what causes it, but something kind of sets it off. You know, it's usually, um, from what a lot of my practitioners and doctors have shared, it's usually a combination of things. So in my case, I think it was kind of a perfect storm where my uncle had just passed away. We moved. I was in the middle of like a high stress period in my job. And then all of a sudden my body was just like enough you know, like something's got to break. And if we have to do something extreme to get you to wake up, then that's what's going to happen. Okay. So then you felt like you were blaming yourself and you were ashamed, like you did this to yourself somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I really did kind of fall into that at first. It was, um, you know, I think very much how my personality had been most of my life, where it's, you know, anything bad that happened, it was something that I did wrong or that I caused. So that was really where I settled initially. And then 
you know, from there just kind of like dug into research, which I'm a science person. So I really dug into like, what can I do to fix this sort of situation? And again, even from the start of there, I, I focused a lot on like the physical aspect, you know, how can I help my body and completely overhaul my lifestyle with different way of eating, you know, started to look into like some stress management techniques um, and just really kind of try to tackle it from all angles. But it took me a while to like work my way through what was happening. You know, I went to a lot of different doctors, a lot of practitioners, tried traditional medicine for quite some time that just didn't really pan out. And I eventually found um, functional medicine, which is kind of root cause or preventative medicine. And that's when I really started to finally see some change and like get some answers. So what kinds of things did functional medicine teach you that seemed to work? It was more looking at like peeling back the layers of the onion, so to speak, like why did this happen to you in the first place? Like kind of, you know, what could have caused this? You know, we might not get just a one answer, like it was one specific instance, but kind of what was happening in your life at that time, you know, and, and they did help. Functional medicine does kind of look back into your history, you know, what could have happened when you were a child or a teenager or in your 20s and 30s that could have contributed to this. So it's really a matter of like looking at kind of the whole picture instead of just like the symptomology or the symptoms that you had from the particular illness. You know, it was the first time I ever had a doctor like look at me as a whole person instead of, you know, oh, you just have thyroid disease or oh, you just have digestive problems. It was, you know, a whole history of what have you been through? What have you been exposed to? You know, what illnesses have you had? Diagnosis have you had? Um, so really like a comprehensive view of me as an entire package. Um, and that's when we really started to kind of be able to connect the dots and make some sense of how this could have all came together. Did they tweak your diet as well? Or like, what are some of the things that they, yeah. you know, um, in addition to looking at your past and what was emotionally, maybe what's happening, what were some of the other steps they took that you found helpful? Definitely. So diet's a big component, you know, and I, what I really like about functional medicine is they kind of, they start with the, what we call low hanging fruit. So it's those modifiable lifestyle factors. So things like not just food, but also like movement and exercise. So was I doing right movement and exercise for myself at that time? You know, I tend to be a kind of like, I like intense workouts, but my body was really burnt out at that point in my life. So maybe those intent work, intense workouts weren't supportive of my needs at the time. You know, we also looked at, you know, my environment. Could there be something in my environment that was potentially setting me off? Um, we did end up doing some discovery and found like mold in our house, which can contribute to a lot of illnesses and kind of exasperate like inflammatory conditions like autoimmune disease. You know, so we tackled that and had our home remediated. We also got like an air filter, you know, to try to clean the air and keep allergens down and keep the space that you're living and breathing um, pretty clean. You know, we got a more comprehensive like water filter. So really looked at things, you know, that we could change that we kind of encompass like over amount of time. Um, I rehauled like the products I use on my, my body and in our home. So like all new skincare, makeup, hair care switch to all natural cleaning products. So really just trying to like reduce that toxic burden too, which made a lot of sense because there's so much coming at us on a daily basis. 
And I liked that they really like dug down and looked at like every little detail to see how it was contributing to the bigger picture. Um, so those are the few of the things that we kind of incorporated right away. And then, you know, once those were kind of under control or more manageable, then we moved on to, okay, what's your spiritual practice look like? You know, how's your emotional and mental state? Um, and those are the two or the three topics really that I've been digging into the last few years. And those have been instrumental in my healing as well. That's great. And I love how you mentioned the, I mean, have you been looking at like green beauty or non-toxic makeup yes. and body products? Like I've made a switch as well to green beauty not too long ago. And I mean, within like the last year, I would say. And I feel like my skin just looks so much better. You notice that too? I have, definitely. You know, at first, I think my my initial reproach is like, okay, I need to clean up like my beauty bag. So I just went to Whole Foods and like bought everything that they had. But, you know, sometimes it's even taking that a step further. Like even some of the products at Whole Foods are definitely better than, you know, what you might get at a drugstore. But you can take it like one step further than that even and get you know, there's a lot of great green or safer beauty brands now that are not only safer for you and the environment, but also, you know, are trying to like make a difference in the beauty industry, meaning like pass stricter laws for us, because that's one crazy thing in the United States here is the FDA does not regulate any beauty products. So it's up to these companies to decide what they want to put on the label and what they want to put in the bottle. Mm -hmm. So really like educating myself and, you know, my loved ones and those around me on the impact of what we're using because our skin's our largest origin, organ. So anything you put on it will be absorbed, including any toxic material. Um, so that was a, that was an eye-opening experience as well, you know, and then eventually kind of bringing my husband around to it and like completely getting all of the like former drugstore brands and, you know, more toxic brands out of our house. Yeah, I uh I agree with you. The I mean if you look at Europe and what they allow to be in beauty products and what they don't and what they allow even to be in baby food and what they don't or formula is just it definitely raises your eyebrows. So, uh it's something it does, that I yeah. I'm mindful of as well, you know, as best as I can and it you know, you don't now there's so many more affordable things too that maybe it doesn't cut everything out because some of those things can be pretty expensive but even if it cuts out the majority of some of the more harmful things is better than nothing exactly yeah and it's just you know doing those in baby steps like i wouldn't by any means recommend that someone go like throw away all their products and completely start from scratch because that can be kind of overwhelming right but you can start with small things um like I always recommend people start with like deodorant and toothpaste. Those are pretty easy things to switch over. Um, but they're, you know, toothpaste obviously is in your mouth and deodorant goes on a, a spot in our body where we tend to be warm and our pores are open. And that's an easy place to absorb, not to mention it sits right on top of one of your biggest lymph nodes. You know, so it's like just start small and just build that awareness and educate yourself on, on kind of what, what, what's out there. And you're right, there's so many options now and you don't have to buy the most expensive one or the highest end. There's a lot of great brands on the market these days. So it's definitely easier than it ever was to make that switch. And so making those changes, getting the air filter, the water purifier, uh, you said, you know, the, the spiritual, and was it spiritual and emotional healing as well? 
that you said really helped? Yeah. So those were kind of, yeah, yeah. Spiritual, mental, and emotional. Absolutely. Um, those are, I feel like areas that a lot of us tend to ignore, you know, so physical is very obvious, right? Cause it's, you know, what you're feeling and what you can see, you know, diet and exercise and even sleep to some degree are more obvious portions of our health that, you know, many of us might not be aware of, but you know, the mind body spiritual connection is a really powerful one. You know, like most of us think that our, our mind and our body are separate, but they're, they're very much intertwined, you know, so the way you think and your outlook and what you're exposing yourself to on a daily basis, all has a huge impact on your physical health and vice versa. Um, So kind of understanding and learning more about those connections was really instrumental for me. It was actually my functional medicine doctor that recommended that I see a counselor, you know, just to maybe work through, like, is there any emotional blockages? Like, is there any, you know, hurt or pain or trauma or whatever it might be from your past that could be impacting your current health? Um, And it turns out in my case that there definitely was. So working through those components has been enormous. Like I've just noticed even in the last like couple of three years, what a, a huge impact that's made. You know, it kind of allows your body to like calm down when you're managing your emotions and not, you know, like stuffing things or exploding on people or, you know, making sure that your needs are well taken care of. Um, so self-care has become like an enormous part of my healing journey. Um, probably one of the most impactful pieces, honestly, that kind of has gotten me well and keeps me well. And then the spiritual side as well is, you know, when I first got sick, I went through, like I mentioned, kind of like a grief period where I was just like really down in the dumps and just really struggling to like understand what had happened to the life I wanted and then what life I had been given. So it really was able to kind of overcome that by like rediscovering my faith um, and like reconnecting to my spiritual practice and helping that ground me and like reconnect to my roots that I was able to kind of like overcome those circumstances and like incorporate those different aspects into my healing journey. So time-wise, how long was it about that by incorporating these different practices that you noticed a change, that you noticed that you were feeling better? So I'd say the first year after my diagnosis was really like the physical aspect that I, I focused on. So that was mainly, you know, diet, movement, stress management. And a year after I'd kind of started on this journey, I was able to come off my medication and could more or less put my, um, my Hashitoxicosis or my thyroid disease into remission, which to the wow. chagrin of my doctors, everyone told me that wasn't possible. My Even my endocrinologist who managed my thyroid was like, you're going to have to get surgery. You're going to have to remove the gland. There's just no way. I've never seen someone come back from this. But I was very determined to, to you know, not be part of the those numbers and, and be something different and find another way. Um, so I was thrilled to see, obviously, that immense progress. And then, you know, since then... So in the last few years, um, you know, I still had some lingering things that kind of stuck on like digestive problems and skin issues and, and anxiety and things that I knew it wasn't quite, <laughs> quite past all of my struggles. So that's when I dove into those mental, emotional, spiritual aspects and you know, started seeing a counselor weekly, really focused a lot on like my own personal growth, self-discovery, self-care. Um, in the last couple of years, I've been working on those, I'd say, you know, 2020 aside, because that added some fun stress that none of us were expecting, <laughs> you know, except for last <laughs> year, I'd say that I'm 
<laughs> I'm probably 80, 90% better in a matter of three or four years. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so as you were going through this, and even now as you're continuing, I mean, did you, I know you you did your own research, which is commendable and, and found the functional medicine doctor, but, you know, within your personal life, I'm sure your husband was a major supporter, but did you turn anywhere else for support? You know, um, I eventually did, thankfully. At first, I only relied on myself because that's just kind of how I, I learned and how I managed most of my life. So, you know, I'm a very dedicated and determined person, as I referenced earlier, and I have very good self-regulation. So I was like, I can do this. You know, I can fix myself. I will do this myself. It was very I, I, I. And that did work. You know, I was able to cut back on a lot of the physical experiences, um, physical discomforts I had, but I kind of stalled out after that. Um, so it was that point where, like I mentioned, I incorporated the mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects that I that allowed me to like really open up and blossom. And then I, you know, was able to finally lean on family and friends. Like I didn't even really tell people close to me what was happening because I was somehow like embarrassed or ashamed by it in some way. Like again, thinking that I had caused this or I had done something wrong, and I was just wasn't really able to face it for a while. Like kind of come to terms with it, so to speak. But eventually, you know, as I started working on the whole whole mind, body, spirit approach, I let fam- family and friends in. I shared with them what was happening, kind of what I was going through, and even, you know, walked them through what had happened at that time in my life when I had the crash. And now, you know, now I feel so comfortable with it and so inspired by my experience um, that I'm opening up to friends like yourself and, you know, sharing more and allowing myself to be vulnerable and really using this as an experience to help others heal too. How do you think that going through this, I mean, you kind of just touched on it now, but how do you feel that it's made you as a person become more resilient? Gosh, it's taught me so much about myself. And it was really one of those things, like I think I mentioned before, that's if I didn't have a wake up call that forced me to change that I just not, I wouldn't have done it willingly. So I feel like I'm finally to the point where I can say that, where I can make that admittance and say, you know, I'm thankful for my struggles. I wouldn't wish them on anybody, but I also wouldn't want them to be any different because it made me who I am today. And I know that I wouldn't have gone through this journey had I not been faced with those experiences. You know, it brought me to my purpose, which I'm incredibly thankful for. Um, You know, I've met some incredible people like yourself and so many others that just have similar experiences and stories. And I found that power of community to be really incredible and really supportive. You know, it showed me as well that my pain and struggle was not for nothing. You know, it's, it taught me how to reinvent myself, kind of what I'm capable of, like how much I can actually overcome, you know, how I can make something happen when I set my mind to it. Again, that power of the connection and community and having other people support you. And yeah, it just really, really showed me what my capabilities were and gave me a passion for like true health and wellness. And that's what's opened the door to you now starting your own business as well. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely has. It was funny. It was Oh, this was a couple, three years ago. One of the functional medicine practices, I was, I kind of experimented with a few different offices and saw a number of different practitioners because, you know, each person has kind of their specialty or their own individual background. 
and I just love, I love meeting people and I love healers and I love kind of the different perspectives. Um, so one of the offices I was working with a couple of years ago had a health coach on staff. I'd never heard what a health coach was. I had no idea that this was even a thing. Um, but my doctor was like, I really recommend, you know, she can help you kind of implement the things that we're talking about. And again, because I'm very open-minded, I was like, sure, that sounds great. You know, why not? And I just really, really loved my experience with her. She, she really helped connect a lot of dots for me, like open my eyes to a bunch of different perspectives and was really supportive and focused on those lifestyle factors we talked about, you know, help me focus on, you know, things like sleep, um, mindset, you know, self-care, those kind of activities. And I was just so enamored with that, what she did and how much she helped me that I was like, I don't know what this health coach thing is, but I love it and I need to be a part of it. <laughs> so she really introduced <laughs> me to this, this kind of, this lifestyle and this role. And she shared where she went to school and like exactly one year later, I signed up and I was all in. Wow. And what was that experience like for you? Yeah, it was really great. Um, oddly enough, I started the coaching certification, the classes in March of 2020. I signed up before the pandemic hit, but I literally started right in the middle of it, which was, you know, just beautiful divine timing in my mind. You know, it really kept me busy the last year and gave me that sense of purpose and allowed me to like have a weekly connection with other people, you know, meet people that were on a similar journey to my own. Um, who were interested in the same things that I was, and then taught me just so much, like really just took what I knew, you know, 10 steps further and gave me such a comprehensive background. So now, you know, I can help other people in a similar position to mine. You know, my goal is really to help people on a similar journey to my own that kind of are struggling with chronic illness and maybe feel overwhelmed and don't know where to start um, and just kind of showing them and hopefully helping them have a better experience than I did. It's really powerful that you, you know, went through what you did. And like you said earlier, it led you to your purpose. And you are now helping others. It's, it's so cool to see when things come full circle like that. <laughs> it really is. And I'm, I'm impressed. I, uh, <laughs> I think that, I mean, you know, you always hear that, right? That, uh, you know, when, when you're doing what you're meant to do, it's not going to feel like work and do what you're passionate about. And I think some of us are fortunate enough that that is true. And, but I think for a lot of people, it's not. So to hear you find it, even though maybe it wasn't the easiest, the easiest route, you, you did it. And that's, amazing. It's remarkable. Yeah, thank you. It really is. Um, and I completely agree. You know, I don't, I think a lot of us work is work and it's a means to an end. Um, and we may not enjoy it or we may do it because we feel like we should be doing it or we need the paycheck or whatever the reasons may be. And those are all extremely valid, but to have, yeah, to find your purpose and be able to do something you love, love what you do and help other people in the process. It's just, like the most fulfilling job I could ever imagine. Like, you know, I find myself coming to work or, or meeting with clients with just like a smile on my face and, 
just, yeah, feeling that fulfillment and like literally being able to help someone else transform their life is absolutely incredible. If you could give advice to others, uh, and that can be at any point, I mean, something that you wish you would have known, whether it was when, you know, you first were starting to discover what was going on with you, um, or whether it's within finding your purpose and starting your business, what advice would you lend to others that you wish you would have known? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, you know, I'd say for someone that's in the midst of chronic illness or maybe doesn't even have a diagnosis yet, but is just sick of feeling sick to just not give up and keep trying, keep looking, um, lean on your friends and family or other experts for support. You know, don't feel like this is something that you have to do alone. You know, it may feel like a very isolating, difficult journey, and it can be at times. You know, I'll be honest that there certainly are points where it can feel hopeless or it can feel so overwhelming that you just want to quit and, and not try. But just encourage you that there is hope out there, that there are treatments for everybody, that there is a way to find your way through it. Um, and definitely, you know, lean on the resources that you have or reach out to you know, functional medicine doctor or a health coach or someone that can help guide you through the process. Um, it's so much easier to do it with a team. You know, that's probably one of my biggest lessons learned is coming from someone who tried to do well herself. It's not possible. <laughs> you know, it's just, you're not going to find a, a easier, a straight way to health um, by trying to do it all on your own. So definitely get a support network, get a good team of doctors. Um, you know, I, I, very much believe in like the collaborative team approach to health, which is, you know, what I follow and what I recommend at this point, meaning have a functional medicine doctor also have, you know, depending on your specific needs, a health coach, if that makes sense. Um, and then someone that specializes in your condition. So in my case, I have a great endocrinologist and I also um, see an acupuncturist weekly to help with hormones. You know, so it's just a matter of um, really building that team and giving yourself the support you need, give yourself grace I'm a big proponent of self-compassion and self-love, you know, so really giving yourself like that time to feel what you need to feel. You know, I mentioned grief a couple times and I think we all assume grief is the very obvious thing when you lose a human life, but it can be so much more than that. I mean, it can be grieving the life you wish you had. It can be grieving maybe the fact that you wanted kids and, you know, health got in the way, or it could be grieving even, you know, changing like the group of people you spend your time with. Um, you know, I've certainly incorporated some new friends and kind of had to get rid of some toxic people in my life because they were bringing my health down as well. Um, so really kind of looking through all facets and kind of, you know, really paying attention to what those would probably be my, my biggest pieces of advice from a health and wellness perspective. And then as far as following your purpose, you know, I feel like purpose is something that picks you. I would have never picked this for myself. You know, I was always into health and wellness, but never thought I could make, you know, a life out of it or turn it into a profession. Um, but I feel like it's because of my experience and the way I eventually learned to lean into it and kind of just let go and let it transform me that my purpose found me. You know, so I know that differs for people. And some people have a very clear defined purpose and know what that is. But if you're not one of those people like I was, just kind of letting the experience unfold the way it does and seeing what happens. Could you give me a few things that you could share with others listening that would be 
most helpful or that have been most helpful for you in regards to self-care? Self-care is my favorite way to support my physical, mental, emotional, spiritual needs. Um, so I'll give you a few examples from kind of each category. For physical self-care, I love um, Epsom salt baths. So those are a great way to not only detox, but are really soothing to your muscles, also really soothing to the mind. You can pair them as well with like some great gentle music. Um, so like some meditation or yoga music. There's even um, some specific music that actually helps calm an anxious mind. Um, so those are a great way to kind of incorporate like multiple modalities into one experience. I'm also a really big fan of infrared sauna. So this is a dry sauna um, that also has infrared technology, which literally detoxes the cells from the inside out. So it kind of goes like penetrates deep into the body, almost like the sun. So it has a kind of a similar experience to sitting out in the sun. Um, I attune it to kind of like getting a massage without being touched. So it's very relaxing. Um, and you're also getting a good sweat on, which is great for detoxing. And then bouncing like on a trampoline. So they have those kind of little mini trampolines that you yeah. can get off Amazon these days. Um, so that's not only a great like, physical workout, um, gives you some good cardio, but it's really good for your lymphatic system. So those are kind of my, my three favorite physical self-care activities. And then... Um, for mental and emotional support, um, I'm a huge proponent of meditation. And I know you and I have talked about this before, and, and we share this interest. But this has been kind of instrumental to me and, and really where I started with my mental and emotional journey. Um, so I use the Calm app, but there's a number of different tools out there. Um, you know, there's a few different modalities and like belief systems around meditation, but the whole practice really goes into kind of creating the mindfulness experience. So like slowing down your mind. If you're someone like me who has what I call a monkey mind, meaning your mind is very busy and you're always thinking and it's hard to kind of slow down, meditation is a great way to constantly train your mind to come back to the present moment, back to the present moment. So I really like that practice. It's how I start every morning. It may seem counterintuitive because you have such a busy mind to try to meditate, but even if you're distracted the whole time, you're still giving yourself that practice, still giving yourself that activity. I find that's a really good stress reliever and also kind of prepares like your resilience to stress too. And then just general mindfulness is great as well. So this is just the act of living in the present moment. I think, especially for women and most of us in today's modern age, we are just go, go, go and constantly multitasking and doing a thousand things at once. So I found a lot of success by just like literally going back to the basics and doing good old single tasking. So just one thing at a time. So if I'm eating, I try to just, just be eating. You know, I try to focus on what the food smells like and what it looks like and what it tastes like and the beautiful color and where it might've come from. So really try to like practice that mindfulness experience by immersing myself in whatever I'm doing. We find as well, there's a lot of scientific evidence that supports the fact that uh, multitasking is actually really bad for our brain. So our brain doesn't know how to handle so many tasks at, month, at once. So that kind of single tasking or, or being focused and present and aware in what you're doing can be really beneficial. I really recommend that to people who have that kind of crazy on the go lifestyle. And then I also really love journaling. So whether you're a writer, you know, like literally, literally writing pen to paper, which is what I enjoy, um, or you could do this, you know, in the notes on your phone, or I've heard of some people doing like voice memos, even 
to kind of whatever works for you individually. But journaling is a great way to kind of connect with yourself. You know, so there's a number of different formats, like you can free form, like just write whatever's on your mind. I will sometimes do that in what I call like a brain dump before bed. So if you have a busy mind before bed, you can literally just write out like whatever you're thinking, whatever's troubling you, get it out of your brain and onto paper. And that's been shown to actually help people sleep better. You know, or there's um, some great tools like journaling prompts and things. Um, there's a lot of resources on the internet and we can link to kind of a couple of my favorites in the show notes, but that's a great way um, to just kind of be more in tune with what you're thinking and feeling. And then if you really want to take that a step further, there's some cool research and tools out there, like the holistic psychologist on um, Instagram. She is a big proponent of this thing called neuroplasticity, which is literally rewiring your brain. So this is very helpful for like repetitive thoughts or toxic habits or patterns. So there are ways that you can kind of overcome those specific instances with a daily practice. I'll link to that as well for you guys, because that's something I really love. And then besides that, I, I also incorporate a daily spiritual practice. So for me, that means like prayer and Bible study, but whatever that means to you, um, you know, as a person, whatever kind of spiritual practice you have, doing something every day that connects you and grounds you. I find that those are all really helpful and kind of my favorite self-care. No, I, I also do a lot of those. Uh, the journaling is so great when you don't maybe really feel like talking to someone necessarily, but you just want to get whatever's on your mind or whatever's weighing on your chest off and just have that lighter feeling just to write things down. Feels so good. Yeah, I agree with you. It really is amazing. Like you wouldn't think that something that simple is that effective, but it absolutely is. There's something about like getting it out of your head and writing it out and then be able to read it back. That's so powerful. Mm -hmm. And the busy mind, I mean, you're right. And the multitasking, you know, it's so hard. Like when I sit down for breakfast and my son's next to me and he's looking at his little Sesame Street things on his his little um, phone and I'm checking my email and it's like, you know, we try to make it a point to not do those things and just be with each other and focus on our food. Like you were saying, I mean, that's such a, it sounds so silly and not silly, but simple, right? For anyone to do yet who really does that anymore? Like we're always, you know, if you don't catch yourself, it's so easy to be so constantly distracted. You're so right. Yeah. And unfortunately, like our society and culture just perpetuates that, right? It's like, you know, people can reach you on your cell phone 24 hours a day and you've got, just like you said, your computer and a tablet going and, and your cell phone, the TV in the background. It's just like, there's so much noise and so much distraction that yeah, kind of like purposely immersing yourself in these self-care activities is a nice break from all that that noise. That's great. And Don, I just thank you so much for joining us today and being so open. And, you know, I can also pick up on just how caring you are, how how much this all means to you and that you really do want to help people well, thank you. That's so kind. And I appreciate you having me here and, you know, asking great questions and helping us talk about this important topic that I feel like is 
not well discussed, not well documented. So I'm glad that we can have these conversations and hopefully help some other people and they do care. And that's, I think, something in the way that our health can transform us, like how our experiences, as hard as they may be, really do make us into better people. Like I am a completely different person than I was five, six, 10 years ago. And I am incredibly thankful to my illness for that. You know, not something I would have said in the midst of it, but, you know, now kind of being on the other side, it's just, I really can <laughs> sit back and, and look at the the other side and think like, wow, how far I've come and what an incredible journey. And I'm thankful for every moment of it.